Much like my Tumblr, I'll always quench your thirst. I may be deep in grief, but at least I'm not as pitiful as Robin Dixon on Potomac this week. Oh, oh, you guys. Listen, things to talk about, things to discuss. I'm so excited to be uh, joined by a return guest on the People's People's Zoom Kiki Couch, etc. You know him as a New York Times bestselling author whose credits include I Can't Eat Jesus, I Don't Want to Die Poor, and the upcoming, soon to be released this March, I Finally Bought Some Jordans. Welcome back to Andy's Girls, Michael Arsenault. Michael, how are we? Most difficult, complicated question a person could ever ask. I'm really, I'm glad to be talking to you. As you know, I'm now your um, second guest that's had um, a recently deceased mom. So, um, you know, that sucks. But um, I will say I've been watching Bravo and saw the ladies of Salt Lake and Cat Williams brought each brought me a lot of joy last week. So I thank them both. Um, and as you can tell from the tag, Potomac is a little bit of a downer. I actually barely finished that episode. I actually turned it off for a while. It was horrible, but um, I'm happy to be talking to you, actually. This is really nice. You know, I adore thee. I mean, I adore thee. Um, I do want to uh, just say how sorry I am for your I loss. I appreciate it. You, you've been very kind. I appreciate it. Thank you. Well, it's one of those, I just, there's really nothing that a person can say. I mean, that's the the kind of temperature in the room, um, I think, for some people going through grief is not to do what I just did, which is saying, how are you feeling? Because it is, as I noted somewhat sarcastically, the most impossible question a person can ask. But but maybe um, a better question is like, how are you feeling today? Because that doesn't carry with it the burden of a person's week even, but just to say like, in this moment, how are you feeling? Which can also be incredibly complicated. Uh, today is okay. Um, better than it's been lately. Um, I have the, um, I don't, um, it's like, I don't want to sound like a jackass. Um, having a book coming out in March means I have to be more public than I'm probably really ready to be. Nonetheless, um, I need to prepare for that. And I kind of mean that all around just, Kind of, um, and so this is something really nice to kind of, I was actually, I was looking forward to this because it's usually hard to sometimes have conversations or talk for long, at least for me. Um, so this is just nice. Um, I'm okay today. We'll see in a few hours. Um, but literally, I wasn't, I'm not as bad as Potomac yesterday. That that shit was horrible. Um what are, what, what are they doing there? I don't know. I mean, I don't want to actually start with them. We can go back to Salt Lake or somewhere else. But like, it was not good. Jeez, good grief. <laughs> well, maybe maybe we can start with it just to kind of get it over with. I I forgot that they were still in Austin. So when it felt like we haven't seen it, a new episode in so long that when the episode started and I was like, oh, my God, they're still fucking in Austin on this trip that seemingly nobody wants to be on, I was just like, okay, well, they're still here. We're still sort of in the land of make-believe. Let's just get through it. Why were they in Austin? And they're like, I'm from Houston. So, and obviously I have Houston superiority attitude because obviously, but to me, Austin is overrated in general as like, 
I think the reputation Austin has is whatever. Uh, but there's not that much to do there, particularly for them. It's not worth going. I'm like, they've only been to a drag show. And the whole point of going to, in a red state, find a red state with a beach. I just, it was, it was not, it was not interesting. And honestly, the cast is so fractured now to the point where like, it is frustrating to watch. I actually really want them to get rid of Giselle, but I know that they won't. So I really want them to bench Robin. I just, initially I felt bad for her because you can, regardless of how I feel about her, how she acts on the show, that's somebody in pain and it's hard to watch. But then her, she has a nasty attitude and I don't think it's real. Okay. And obviously I, I like Candace. That said, last night was frustrating for me because it's like, there's to me not that great a difference between what Candace does on Twitter and what they do on the podcast. Housewives on Twitter is pretty much a part of the business model where it was up until very recently. They all do it. There is this kind of like weird double standards. I mean, to me, and I think all this is a lot of a lot of subtext. It seems like Robin is ultimately mad that Candace was on the on the internet saying she should be demoted or fired. And I can understand that being an issue. But I feel like if Robin and Candace actually got to talk one-on-one, they probably could kind of reach some type of accord. I think that we're too far gone from that now. But Giselle got in the way of that. Or Ashley, it does something to be messy. I just think this it's so contentious now. I'm like, it it used to be like funny to watch. It had a lot of joy to it. And I think Karen alluded to it. And even Giselle did, in, I think, at some part. But... To me, it's just so joyless. And I just think Giselle, I blame Giselle for it. I just, I think she's a great housewife, but I would actually like to see her go away for a season because I think ultimately she's the root of why there's like this division that can't move forward. Um, I'm sorry, I've just been going on, but I just, it's, it's just, this is really hard to watch. Like, it's just not fun. There's, there's no, there's no story and it's just, there's so many characters, like cast members, that they don't have anything to do, like Ashley. I want her to go too, actually. There's nothing there. Okay, well, there's a lot there to unpack. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, don't apologize. I think the the difference here is when it comes to, I think most people can acknowledge that Candace is, has crossed some significant lines in what she has said previously on yes, social. Yes, I get it. What I think Candace is arguing is, okay, I may have crossed lines on social, but you have crossed lines on the show, acting strategically, hiding information about what you knew about Juan while using my marriage. So the critique I think often used against Candace is that she goes too far with her insults in a way that can be profoundly damaging uh, and upsetting to people. And I think Candace's counter is like, well, you came for my marriage seemingly knowing that you were doing that doing that while deceiving us from the truth of what was going on on yours so what is closer to candace than her marriage with her husband which was then put under the spotlight you know i think it's difficult because it is to me very true to say that like candace crosses lines on social but the flip side of that is that doesn't exclude what she's arguing that Giselle and Robin have done like both things can be harmful it's just that hers what is it um uh Dorinda like write it regret it say it out loud fuck it you know like it's just like 
what can you at the end of the day, there's something to be said for the fact that this stuff can land and leave a mark. It just sort of, I think people can see whatever it is they want from the Candace uh, Giselle dynamics. I think that's really what it is at the end of the day. And then as an offshoot of that, Candace and Robin. But I do think that you make a really valid point, which is that ultimately Candace and Robin are probably not going to be able to move forward until Giselle is in a different spot or until Giselle and Candace repair. Like, do you think that there's any possibility of that happening? I don't. I don't think so because I don't think Giselle at this point is going to acknowledge how she phrased her discomfort when Chris was in the room with her. I think ultimately she won't, because to me, ultimately, I think she did use, she. this is also what annoys me about Robin and I'm bringing it to, back to Giselle. This is not the first Candace might be the most verbose on Twitter about it, but she's not the first cast member whose marriage they've played with on the show. So this is like a repeat pattern between the both of them and or at least not playing with someone's marriage, having something to say about it, Robin. And Robin can dish it, but she can't take it. I think, again, like bring it back to Giselle, I just think Giselle is never going to really admit fault in that. And she's reached a point where, and she's the type of person, we've seen this with Wendy, when she doesn't like you, she's done. She's made it up in her mind, that situation, and she's done. She's unwilling to bend on that. And I tend to believe her because she does the same thing with Wendy. But I just, I, there is a, there is a double standard there, but she's not going to acknowledge it. So they need to... Because also, I don't really like the way the show is being produced this season either. I find that they encourage the riff, and sometimes even in the editing, it tends to tilt towards the side I think is the most difficult. Like, I think Giselle is just difficult. And there has to be some type of dynamic shift. There has to shift the dynamic in the cast because otherwise we're just going to be stuck. It's like, it's really bad. And I actually talked about this with another friend um, in the My Dead Mom, Dead Mom's Club uh, <laughs> that. You made this point with Real Housewives Atlanta, even when that got relatively bad um, last season, I was standing. Even some of the seasons that we don't love as much, they're still really funny because the cast members themselves individually have something to them. They all bring something. And the best thing about Potomac is that the show really worked best because it was a collective effort. And individually, they're not all there. Again, like Ashley, is, we've reached a dead end. She's she's not really divorcing Michael. That situation is what it is. That's her financial survival. So that's all we get from her. Robin doesn't want to really discuss what's so obvious. So it's like watching someone in a bad situation choose to be stuck. She's made her choice and then she wants you all to be upset for like asking her about as if that's not the whole point of the show. It's painful to watch. Giselle doesn't offer anything either, but she's such, I know that production clearly sees her as like, she's important, but if we're not going to like, this dynamic doesn't work. I mean, honestly, I like Dr. Wendy too, but you know, if she left, I wouldn't be mad either. Or, you know, like just something that's to change because this is not working. It really wasn't working that much last season. It's just gotten too nasty. And I think production has encouraged that, but it's like you have to fix it now. Otherwise, it's going to be even worse than like the worst of Atlanta because again, like individually, they're just not as strong as Atlanta's cast usually is. 
Yeah, and it feels like, you know, it's a weird spot to see at the table when obviously Ashley is doing what one could argue she does really well, which is like shit starring. But everyone to me is focusing on Candace's ire, which I understand yeah. really taking away from it. But the fact that you're not in any way acknowledging that that anger comes from a place of hurt and right. you're sort of forcing Candace to repeatedly say that, but not believing her or not believing that her hurt has merit is tough to watch. Like I'm yeah, like mocking her Ashley. tears. Ugh. Let's say what? Like when she was mocking her crying, I'm like, ugh. Like we, are we that's where we're at now. Yeah, it's not. It's not great, and um, and it just sort of feels like some of these women are just kind of throwing bombs and having really no insight or care on what actually happens before or after that bomb is thrown. And that's not terribly interesting because there are no stakes here. None of these people seemingly really want to be friends with each other, except for Karen, who's like the shining bright star in all of this, who I honestly feel bad for because it feels like she's in a position where she has to carry a lot of the weight of like being fun Yes. Because everyone else's version of being fun is just like shit talking the two or three people that they hate most of all. And that's not you can't do that for a full season. Also, there are no stakes because these people don't want to film with each other. It's we're not even saying, do you want to be friends? It's like, can yeah. you look this person in the eye? Candace and Giselle cannot look at each other in the eye. That's a that's a profound issue, which hopefully the show will figure out a way to resolve. It also it's unfortunate that I think some people, many people potentially feel that Potomac is kind of a nothing burger this season, but let it be a nothing burger. There's so many other incredible yeah. things happening with other franchises. You know, it's just, we just kind of get through this. I have, I really have absolute hope uh, and faith that they will figure this out casting wise and that next season will be in a better spot. I really do. I like your optimism because Nick is a loser and I actually decided I'm not, I'm not, Michael. I'm not even going to watch next week. Like I'm already, I'm like already the bereaved. You can't bring me down worse. Like if you're killing my joy, like what the hell? I'll go watch the British Bake Show or something. Like, no, like I'm, I'm no, um, they need a, well, no, they don't need a Monica. That would actually make it worse, but they don't. They need, I, they I need a spark. The worst thing for them <laughs> yes, no. Monica. I take it back. They don't need they a Monica. They do not need Monica <laughs> to make a little pit stop in Potomac. <laughs> that would maybe not be great. But listen, what was great, I think, for yes. many of us was the Salt Lake City finale. I have to get your perspective. Did it live up to its expectations? Is that a place where you have found some, uh, some joy? I woke up that night, yes. I was tuned in and I'm like alert. I yes, actually that was the best night I've had in a while. Because yeah, it was. Um yes, it was. I'm sorry, I'm like looking into the sky now. But no, um, I'll just say I already knew Monica was great casting. And but don't worry, I'm not like a supporter now. I'll get to that. <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> Don't worry. You have every right if you want to. There is a there is a there is a marketplace for that. Yes, but I don't want to be, I don't want to toe in it. No. Um, I will say Heather was also great. Heather redeemed herself this entire season, but that was a great performance. Bravo to her and all the ladies, but especially her. That was really great. Um, now Monica. Okay. <laughs> I am so 
I'm not surprised. I'm actually sad because society is, just, to me, it was further evidence that society is crumbling. But I will say I am somewhat, um, in, I'm very intrigued by how much support, the volume of support that Monica seems to have, and the not a sizable portion of the fan base I've seen both on like Twitter and threads and Instagram that are really trying to kind of these false equivalences to justify Monica's antics. I remember I saw this one tweet that I actually found pretty creepy, but it, I'm paraphrasing, but it was something to the effect of like, they see themselves in Monica, we could all be Monica. Like you could, could we could troll our way onto the show. Like, was it amazing television? Like, honestly, it's, to me, it's one of the all-time best moments of Real Housewives, which it's honestly is so impressive because last season was so horrible. I thought they might have just had to leave Utah like all together after a while. Like I wasn't sure. <laughs> Coming next season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what amazing television. And I, I disagree with the idea that Monica carried the entire season on her back like her fanatic friends, a fan online suggest. I think everyone really pulled their weight. Even Angie K, who I initially did, I was like, throw that away. But no, keep her, keep her. She's, she does not work, but she's perfect, which she's actually perfect. makes sense she's for Salt Lake. She literally is. She's the Mr. Potato Head of Housewives. It just, it fits together. But Monica is an insurance risk. Like, it's almost, to me, like Yolanda Saldivar, reality TV, like, amazing television to watch, but I'm sorry, you're a fanatic who used to drive by the homes of some of these women, entered their social space on this television show, didn't reveal any of that. And then for most of the season, uh, while you're befriending them in their faces, you're, you're, you're pitting them against each other by spreading lies the entire time. Like She was manipulating the fuck out of all of them, yeah. A fanatic who joined the show under false pretenses and set them all up to fight. Which, again, great to watch. Sorry to them, but I'd be pissed if I were all of them. But that's nuts to me. So the fact that some people are like, yeah, Queen Slay, Monica, like, the, it's, it's the, 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 the encouragement of the behavior. I'm like, wow. Um, I mean, I'm not, and I'm trying not to be too serious, take this too seriously. Like, it's no moral judgment, but it's, it is kind of, um, Yo, she's that's nuts to me. Like, I'm sorry, she was driving about their homes, <laughs> and then I heard the voicemail. I'm like, what the hell? Like, that's not nuts to y'all. Like, y'all want to do that? Okay, go. She go, was sorry. driving by homes, and then she was like, no, I didn't. Your fucking orange hands, whatever. And then it's like, no, there were videos released. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Why they like, yes, queen? I'm like, what? <laughs> sending text messages of like where does Heather live or something I don't even remember it's it's not great it's it's not great I think one of the reasons I'm mean, gonna give the benefit of the doubt to some of the Monica stands but I do think one of the reasons that people have um uh supported Monica uh which is different from saying this was a great season and maybe merrily we roll along but like i think one of the the reasons that people have found themselves maybe more team Monica than team everyone else is because they feel like the vitriol that she received from Heather and that moment and from the cast is so much larger than what Jen Shaw dealt with from the uh, past. That is very generous. 
So it is it is a very <laughs> it is a very generous way of potentially supporting Monica or just saying, Heather, now that we know that you can perform at this level, where was this performance before? Is it because you're not as close to Monica? Is it because for you there's less to lose in terms of your LOL friendship with Jen and how that might backfire. Maybe you trust Monica more to take this than you would Jen. Like what's your what's your reaction to all of that? To the discrepancy in the in the anger from the cast. I actually I think even we talked I I did not to I like I will say that I do think the fact that they were never angry or showed real anger for what Jen Shaw did to people was very um and kind of infuriating. Um so I do I think I will maybe some people I think that might be motivated. I actually like that more optimistic. I guess I'm being cynical in that I'm kind of worried it's more it's that it's reflective of uh, more people being just kind of desensitized because the way housewives it continues to up the ante that people kind of, because there's a lot of people now I notice online that complain about Bravo, the housewife shows that just don't immediately show fighting and conflict and something crazy. And sometimes I do worry, although it could be just Twitter, which is now like the, at least the sixth circle of hell. Um, but I, that's also still on IG. So it's a prettier version of hell. So like the fourth. Um, I don't know. I think a lot of audiences sort of thinks it's no big deal now because in the grand scheme of things, there's so much worse content on, on I don't know. But maybe it is that actually. I want to go with your, um, I want to go with that actually, because I do think what Jen Shaw was doing, even when she was accused and it was, I'm sorry, it was so obvious that Jen was guilty. <laughs> That's it the was, other part is that it was obvious she was guilty, which, which actually one could argue, it doesn't take away from the cast being like completely... Uh, that's actually very fair. I'm, I'm with maybe I'm not a Monica fan now, but like I get it. I actually get maybe that. <laughs> they were maybe they were. This is not to defend Heather or Meredith at last season's reunion. You had to literally follow me on Instagram for three seconds in which I was like dragging them to hell uh, very, very, very harshly. But um, it there could be something to be said about um, the fact that because they knew that she was guilty. Maybe they thought the short-term solution is to just figure our way out of this without potentially upsetting her more. And then she's just kind of dead to us. Maybe that was their kind of strategy out. That's fair. I mean, yeah, because that just, that was very, it did not reflect well on any of the, the ladies. I do remember being frustrated then. So I could see that. But that said, Monica, is that's still Tiki Boom fanatic. And then the, the clip with her mom <laughs> telling her she's like an actress. Mm -hmm. I'm like, so the mom is in on it. And so wait, was that the daughter that recorded this? That's just, it's, um, it was amazing television. I will never forget it. But the idea of her coming back, I'm like, to me, there's no way she can come back, but I was. I wonder, with so much of the the audience really still into her, will they try to find a way to keep her? And to me, I'm just. I still can't believe a fanatic trolled her way onto the show. Um, 
and won the hearts of the audience. <laughs> and production knew, obviously, one of the um, reasons that she was, she made it so far in casting was because of her relationship with Jen. So while production argues that they didn't know this aspect of who Monica is, they certainly knew that Monica was at some point entrenched with Jen. So when it comes to like playing innocence here, I don't know. A person can have a very toxic, I guess, felon boss and maybe act a certain way with them and then come out of that with a different personality. I don't know how much of the weight of uh, Jen that Monica has to carry. Monica directly worked with her versus the rest of the cast have to carrying have to carry on on Jen's behalf. But um there are subtle differences here just in terms of like the environment and universe mm -hmm. of housewives, which can uh, not. Um, it's not meant to be like an apology or defense of the discrepancy in emotion, but just say that like what Monica did was to join the show and then manipulate the fuck out of everybody on it to serve storyline and produce in such a way that hadn't been done on Salt Lake before. And I think some of the direct frustration was the fact that you just came in, it's your first season, and you were trying to, you were effectively like dragging Meredith to hell for things that it turned out you did specifically and purposefully for the um, goal of humiliating her on camera. Like you were doing these things to turn people against her, which one could argue many people do on Housewives at a, at the end of the day, but she was so clear in her attentions being She's so sinister. Fraudulent. Yeah, it's it's dark. It's Monica's a lot darker in tone and tenor than this. Like, yes, Queen, I did it. I'm the devil, and don't you forget it. Which is the way that she's behaving in her confessionals and on social. Okay, I will say the photo shoot is so corny. But to your that point you just made, that I was going to ask you about that. Um, I found it actually. I, I, I keep I feel like I have to preface it with again great television. But when <laughs> she had a that she had a glee in her when she got confronted, yeah. and she decided to immediately like just fight with them. She has such a smile and joy in her face. It was a little sparkle in her eye. She was reveling in how cruel. She was to them. She was so happy that they felt so betrayed by her. She really had a joy in the hurt with them. Like, I already knew something. Under, almost, I say this all respect. I have a very difficult, like, childhood uh, background. I, I get a lot of that. I have a sympathy at the same time. Some people don't heal from that. And I'm not trying to psychoanalyze someone I don't know. But at the same time, just from what I've seen, she takes joy out of bringing pain to people. And given the way that she got onto the show, coupled with that, is ultimately while great TV, when the cheering on of her kind of concerns me because to me, when I watched it, particularly that scene when she was confronted, she just was so happy at how hurt she made them. And I found that so dark. And I did think in the midst of being like shocked and reveling and like some of the greatest TV I've seen probably ever, I couldn't. I could not not notice how dark that was, how happy she was to be bringing pain to them. And to me, that was so like, I find that really strange. Um, a lot of people don't have, haven't even really talked about that either. I just thought that was so ugh, a little creepy to me. 
yeah, there's a difference to me between like respecting your villains and agreeing with them. And I think that has been kind of confusing to people in watching the response to what I absolutely agree with was a certain level of glee, which Monica tripled down on on social to such a wild extent that it became this event. It became this like explosion of like, oh my God, that was wild cinematic television. And then Monica is triple down, triple is tripling down on social in real time. She's saying she is this person. She's owning it and she's proud of it. And that kind of pride can be difficult to swallow because then like, okay, we get it. It was kind of maybe all a joke or not a joke or or what, but then who else is here and how could a person ever trust her motivations again? And also she's saying she the the account was entirely set up to bring down Jen, which is all fine and good, and that the women were sort of sacrificed by referencing marriages and sexuality and whatever else to achieve the goal of still bringing down Jen. Like you didn't need to make fun of anybody else in the cast or talk about wild rumors and allegations about anybody else in the cast. You didn't need to, they didn't need to be treated in that way for you to do what a lot of people probably found was like just revenge against Jen. Paris is always a good idea. And when I schlep on over to Europe to my favorite city in the world, I bring with me a few important phrases that I have learned from housewives. C'est bon, c'est bon. Chic, c'est la vie. Je m'appelle the Countess. N'est-ce pas, Luanne? <laughs> and while those key phrases are important when speaking to any French bravoholic for other matters of life, that's where Rosetta Stone comes in. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including, of course, French. It features fast language acquisition. It immerses you in so many ways. There's no English translations. So you really learn to speak, to listen, and to think in that language. It's an intuitive process. You pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. J'adore Chris Manzo. Et toi? There's a speech recognition filter, which gives you feedback on your pronunciation. It's convenient with desktop and app options, and it's an amazing value. Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. A steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, AGs can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. Today. Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing me with free samples. 
Astapro is a first-of-its-kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes, while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. It delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. Living in New York City is not easy. Just ask Sonia, trying to sell that house. There are so many mornings where I wake up and think, oh my gosh, I'm having the worst cold of my life. And I realize it's actually from allergies. When my nasal allergies flare up, and that happens when the season changes and the temps get a little warmer than they normally are, I use Astapro, and I'm amazed at how fast I'm back in the game. And that game is looking for Dorenda on the Upper East Side. Astapro always has my back and nose. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. I just came back from the salon, and for the record, I went with a sassy little bob and quiet luxury shade of blonde. Yes, that's literally what we're calling it, quiet luxury. (laughs) Aside from trips to the salon, I don't actually blow out my hair. My hair is naturally wavy, and that's why I love Way. Way's new anti-frizz cream is a lightweight cream that provides immediate frizz control that lasts for up to 72 hours. I know that I have a limited amount of time (laughs) with wet, wavy hair in which to get myself in order. And that is why I love the anti-frizz cream. It has notes of bergamot, Italian lemon, violet, and more. And it smells unbelievable. Believable. Truly, as someone who is a little bit sensitive to scents, I put this in my hair and I feel great. It also genuinely pairs well with my perfume, which I appreciate. I don't blow out my hair because after years of color processing and attempting to make it straight, I know it looks better and stays healthier when I avoid blow drying, which is why I love the anti-frizz cream. I've used products, especially with wavy hair, where it feels heavy and looks kind of wet. And that's why I love Waze Anti-Frizz Cream because it enhances the natural waves in my hair. I still look like me, just a little elevated. And P.S. I am way obsessed with Waze other bestsellers. Their leave-in conditioner, detox shampoo, my personal favorite. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E- O-U-A-I dot com and enter promo code Andy for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com with promo code Andy. In the words of Meredith Marks, when it comes to that week, week and a half before my period, I wish I was disengaging. My PMS is off the charts. Truly Uber Eats needs to check in and say, it's about that time, isn't it? I know it is. The cravings are crazy. I want to crawl out of my skin. 
Now it's easier to manage PMS with Estro Control. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony and Estro Control, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality, and it shows. For AGs who are friends of perimenopause, menopause, or postmenopause, Happy Mammoth has Hormone Harmony. It's not just a supplement for women going through those stages. It's also become a phenomenon. Women can't stop talking about it on social media. A bottle of Hormone Harmony is sold every 24 seconds. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code ANDESGIRLS at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code ANDESGIRLS for 15% off today. I'm engaging. Conversations around wellness and weight loss can be complicated. There's the Instagram filter we all see on IG and social media and then IRL. And between $20 smoothies and daily ice baths, everyone is doing the most to hack the health system. But there's a better way. Row. Roe provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Roe to help them lose weight. And you can sign up from the comfort of your own home. No scheduling a doctor's appointment, commute to the doctor's office, and no waiting rooms. The Roe Body Program pairs a weekly shot with healthy lifestyle changes, so you can lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Of course, medication must be paired with diet and exercise modifications in order to achieve any stated results. Medication cost is not included in the program. Patients must pay for medication separately. With Roe, average weight loss is 15 to 20% in one year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to roco slash andesgirls. You can sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash andesgirls. Sign up today. Yeah, like when I think of reality TV villains, Jax is both malicious and kind of like comically dumb. Dim, yeah. not, I don't say dumb. Dumb, yeah. We can say dumb. Like New York, when, she, when the flavor, like that was a character. Amorosa is maybe not slightly evil, but also just opportunistic. It's a thing that she, you, but with Monica, it's like, you're a t- you give me TLC energy that could, I don't know, maybe have some Dateline buried, future Dateline <laughs> underneath it. I just, I'm just a little concerned. <laughs> Tiki Boom over there. Um, <laughs> oh, but I was just, this is an aside, but before all that happened, Whitney is a ridiculous person. And when she was about her vagina in the book, she has annoyed me all season. And she put, she literally pushed, because Heather, I was off of Heather last season. She literally pushed me into Heather's arms, especially when it came to the vagina thing. I'm like, girl, if she, and an author, I get it. Heather was actually very nice to yeah. literally show you it, read it to you, and ask make me changes. permission. And make changes. Most people won't even do that. Like, I thought that was 
she's a ridiculous person who just wanted more camera time and needs to stop blaming other people for that embarrassing scene that she had her husband do a few years ago that cost him his job because we didn't like it. It was yuck. That's your fault, girl. Accept that. I um I watched that scene a couple times, not the oil lamp scene <laughs> May it's never be a blessing, but like could never ever do that again. But the scene between Heather and Whitney in the hotel room, you know, the the morning after their uh altercation with each other. Um, and it was so it's tough to watch and it's tough to rewatch because there's a point where it's like where Heather is saying to her, and I un I honestly it took me a second, but I like I understood what Whitney said because I, I am that kind of reader. It it to, to me can change things when I see something on a page. Like I'll remember it more if I see it on a page versus hear it. Right. But but that's not really what the argument was. What the argument was was I I I said the exact language to you that would be included in the book, and Whitney's response was, "But I didn't read it." And Heather's reaction to that was, "Babe, I read it to you. you. It was the same." thing and for Whitney it's like you would I would understand Whitney's argument more if it wasn't a question of language if it was a question of do you remember the plot from a book if it was about do you remember the and it wasn't about her if it was like do you remember the plot from XYZ book if a person is reading the book to me I'm not going to remember it as much as I would if I saw it on paper like that's helpful to me from a diagnosed with ADD in junior high kind of lifestyle kind of way. But Whitney's argument was like, no, I didn't get it was facetious or sarcastic or whatever or too colorful until I saw it, which is a little bit, I think, of like buyer's remorse. Yes. Because I'm guessing when Heather did it, she gave Whitney Maybe maybe this is the thing that Whitney was upset. She didn't have like Heather joking with her when she was reading it, maybe, or like having the brightness of her voice. Something tells me Whitney didn't really think about it all in that moment because That's she's, possible. God bless us all. She's not always the sharpest thinker, but just and prone to conspiracies. So usually it's a lot of her beefs. Um, I just will say in that moment, I was like, this is why Mary calls you little girl. Oh, ow. But yeah, a little. Yeah. A little bit, a little bit. And I feel for her because I like I get her argument. I understand what she's saying, which is like you're talking about like intimacy and a person's feeling of how they feel about your body. And I feel like you're using my body toward your narrative. But like that might have been how Heather felt. Obviously, she's yeah. adding color commentary to try to make this into a thing and like make it fun to read but also Heather genuinely may have felt in that moment of like I don't feel as free as this person yeah and yet she's working as a boudoir boudoir photographer so that's fascinating I cannot wait for this reunion but I do have one slight backhanded compliment to Monica Great, great, great. She actually still might not be the worst Real Housewife on television. She's still probably neck and neck with Larsa Pippen. Um, you mean as f- worse in what way? Horrible. Ethnically? I'm yes. I'm. I'm currently. I, yes. Currently. I am. Yes. I just wanted to because I'm still mad about how she did Gertie. I'm obviously yeah. sensitive to that, but. Of course. Yes. Oh wait. I'm sorry. I have to. This is a big another aside. How are you? How are you doing with the Tres Amiga situation? 
That's I should have asked you first. I'm so sorry. Wow. Well, thanks, Michael, um, for referencing that. I haven't really processed it. Um, I do think it's fascinating the number of people who are like, Tamara's making a moral and ethical stand here <laughs> after Shannon got arrested. I'm like, I don't think that's it. I don't think that's what's going on. I think that there could be some genuine upset over what is sort of unavoidable for Tamra, which is like the shit she's going to talk about on her podcast. I think there's some still longstanding stuff between Ted. This isn't a Teddy thing, but like maybe with Vicky and Tamra and Teddy being so successful together, I think Shannon doesn't want to fuck with Tamra in in ways um, after Tamra put out an emergency pod talking about Shannon's arrest before talking to Shannon about Shannon's arrest or maybe after Shannon counseled her friends not to say anything, which is what Jeff Lewis talked about on his show that like, I think uh, it was Jeff. Somebody talked about the fact that Shannon reached out to people and said like, please don't talk about this in the immediate aftermath and that other friends, uh, friends respected her wishes. The only one who didn't was Tamra. Um, I think it's what Tamra's doing now right. with like, say what? That feels right for Tamra. Yeah, I think what Tamra's doing now is like, blah, 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 January 6th joke, yada, yada, yada. And it's like, okay, you got a lot of sass there, but how's your oldest kiddo doing these days? Like, I don't think we really right. we talk about jokes about Vicky, LOL, not being there, but like, truly where was ryan right <laughs> vicky's not gonna waste the airplane points <laughs> ryan's gonna charter a jet he's gonna use mommy's credit card to be there to have an event and this is a joke this is to anybody's lawyer speaking but lol like ryan has a lawyer um vicky does not want to be with the civilians you're right vicky does vicky is gonna be like where is svip <laughs> like i saw we're doing yes. <laughs> give a shit honestly she would go to Puerto Vallarta and uh just live her best life there which is actually where she quite literally said she was on January 6th but I don't know it's like it's to me it's really interesting honestly and I think it could be uh good TV but only if Vicky was there because what we're setting up right now is yet another dynamic where Shannon doesn't have real support and we're real friends and I think most people watching last season had or, or some people, maybe myself included, had a little bit of a clock starting and set on how long Tamara and Shannon would remain close, how long this apology would last, because Tamara is always going to turn on anyone that she is close friends with. She did it with Dubrow. She did it with Shan. She did it with Vicky. Not to say there might not be a little bit of a valid reason, but that's just her thing. You can trust her as far as you can throw her. And so with this, I'm like, I get it. Like, it's going to be good TV and good for Tamara for having such strong moral takes on what she is OK and not OK surrounding herself with versus like, OK, but bring Vicky back then. Like, because what we're going to have now is Shannon with people who like might like her, but they're not going to defend her. They're not going to go to bat with her. And, and she, Tamara she, needs she someone needs to stand up to her. She needs this is not what I this is not setting up a Shannon's going to be on such defense and needing to like answer for her behavior in a way that is incredibly valid, obviously, and very real mm -hmm. and also very serious that the Tamara stuff is so superficial and like dumb and and spiteful. And I don't know how much of this is like Shannon eating shit because of Tamara and Vicky not fucking with each other like 
sometimes Tara, sometimes Shannon is like thrown to the wolves because the two most alpha wolves are like, we need more meat to eat. So why are Tamara and Vicky upset with each other? Like the, the Vicky said some fucking thing about trust or something else. I assume it has something to do with business. Their tour, I think they had other dates booked for the Trace Amigas. And so now what's happening is that Shannon and Vicky put out a social media post that they're now going on tour, just the two of them. And then Tamra has her two teas in a pod live shows that she's now going full steam ahead into with housewives guests. Um, Imagine just, paying to go see Teddy. Ugh. I well, but the thing is, like, they're gonna have like good. I mean, guests. I know that show is popular. I've I've heard, but just Teddy's so annoying. Um, she is. She's super annoying, and also I think that's difficult too. Is like Tamara's in a position where she needs to defend Teddy, but I'm sure wants to because they're friends. So it's like that kind of setup. I don't know how that. I'm surprised that the tour, the Trace Amigos tour, continued because I thought it was a terrible idea yes. for a tour that's seemingly. I mean, the Trace Amigas is they're referencing to me like partying and binge drinking. And after Shannon's DUI, the worst idea to me would be to do this kind of event and live show. But they figured out a way to do it without her drinking. And maybe they changed some of the stuff, some of the performance. I have no idea. I haven't had the pleasure of, of seeing it. And I guess maybe none of us will if the Trace Amigas are temporarily rest in peace. But I don't know. I don't. I so now it's like so. Are is it going to be totally different material? You know, with una amigo and then dos amigo. Like I don't know. Una amiga. I hope your Shannon gets to Luann's current space someday. But Shannon doesn't want to perform. Like the whole thing with. Oh no! I just. I mean, kind of a joke. I mean, with alcohol. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, I don't know what's happening there. I did talk to her at BravoCon when I said that she was a phoenix rising from the ashes, and she made a joke about the fact that she ruined Orange County's chances of getting an Emmy. And I was similar to you know Vanderbump Rules. and uh, we talked about the fact that she was like going to these retreats and things. So a wellness retreat. So who I don't know what we're going to get into in the upcoming season. I just think this Tamara stuff is so messy. A wellness retreat with the alcohol component, which I'm still not entirely sure what so, that means. Yeah. So what Shannon has said since uh, was that she was offered the opportunity to go to a variety of different traditional rehabs. And she decided that she wanted to go to a space that was tailored more to like the underlying issues and how maybe her coping mechanism was alcohol. But I do think that like... Because it could always be something else. Good for her. Right. But I also think like rehab centers also do that. Like they have... That's a huge focus of rehabilitation is to get to the core stuff but like i thought the same i just no was about that verb that's a whole the whole purpose of of rehab is i hope she can get to where the countess is on um real the girl strip thing i because lou seems like she's in a really great space with that and i hope shannon can get there i, I root for shannon but she and now that you mentioned it without um vicky around She's going to be so frazzled on this season. And no Taylor. 
Taylor apparently isn't back either. So it's like Alexis. And oh, yeah, sorry. That's a big part of it. The Alexis thing, too, is like and then Tamara said on social, you guys are saying this happened because I'm a bad friend. But I had been friendly with Alexis since Bravo cons and her and John happened after. So that's not it. But I I would argue, okay, if you and Alexis made up at BravoCon and then she started dating John, like maybe pull back a little bit, maybe not like continue the friendship. Yeah, but, right. Maybe not make it even worse for your friend, but that's yeah. very camera. Yeah, I guess it's uh, I've, all of them can seemingly agree that this happened as a result of trust, mm. I think. And I think Tamara would probably add on that there are like uh, trust, but also not safety, trust, but also um, just like consequences, I guess, accountability for um shannon's arrest and not wanting to be a part of that but i can't even say that out loud and believe that that's how Tamara really feels because i don't think that played any part if it did she would not have done that for a show with shannon they haven't started filming yet right no and i there's still plenty of time to extend a third of an orange to vicky my argument would be bring back vicky and taylor you know taylor's cost probably like a dollar 50 maybe dollar 75 we're not talking about huge contracts here vicky would certainly i would assume be expensive but i just get those women back because otherwise we're just gonna see Tamara be very effective and very cruel and cutting and I don't know that I want to watch that for 20 episodes and not see someone step up for Shan who actually is friends with her, who actually cares about her in that way. Who, nobody else is going to do that. Emily's not going to do that. Gina, obviously, and Shannon aren't fucking with each other. Like Heather Dubrow isn't going to be like, yeah, let me insert myself into this dynamic with Tamara to defend Shannon. That's not going to happen. Like, no. who's who's on her? T- I think production probably assumed, well, Tamara and Shannon are getting along, so we don't have to worry about that. And it's like, well, now you got a couple of worries. I have um, one more, not a grievance, but are, are we? I'm worried about Sonya Morgan. I was watching um, Girls Trip, the last, the finale. Oh, that was a tough episode for Sonya Rita. That was tough, man. We're getting back into Yacht Era stuff. Yes, because um, that previous or the, one of the episodes where she was talking about that man from Chase again, and it's just like, oh my god, <laughs> I'm sorry, man from Chase. What are you apologizing for? That was wonderful. Yeah, no shits. We're getting it back into the don't touch the Morgan letters, and also apparently he didn't until we got married. Except you absolutely fucked him. You absolutely did. I enjoy Grocery for the most part. It was it was perfectly fun. I would actually like to see them do it yearly without the toast stuff. That was not right. Like the what stuff? The toast stuff. I'm good. Um, little, and it was very long. I was the toe. Oh no, the content. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that Rinda had a redemption arc. She needed it. Um, but when we got to the Sonya, and there were little, uh, there were other things too here and there. But the Sonya thing in particular, it reminded me like it's probably for the best that legacy didn't happen because it might have gotten really sad. Because my uh, Durant was great this season, but last time that there, there's um like if it was just Luann, mm-hmm. where Luann's in a really great space now, and Ramona, well, when she threw that temper tantrum, that was disgusting. But Ramona out outside of that, I just like happier women who are at that age, vibrant, still leading these lives, but just not really like stuck. Like watching Sonya, it was really hard because I root for her, but 
I was already kind of turned off when it was something up with something like, you still don't know how to use close the door to use the bathroom. Why are they complaining about that? When she had that dress thing happen where her dress came undone, I was yes, like, she did that was- on purpose, just like she did it on purpose at Luann's premiere, like at the first, very first thing for um for Lou's cabaret when her dress it's became so undone. Like, sad. It's don't so sad. do that, sad. babe. Like, that's not the punchline you think it is. Don't make yourself the punchline in that way. It makes me really sad. I felt really bad for her. And I'm just like, again, I'm like, this is like Potomac. It's bringing my energy down. This is not why I turned to this. Um, Yeah, like she's not in a good space. And I just really want them to get that household so she can go find some peace. And also like, I was gonna like, I was like, who is the white equivalent of Ayala Van Zandt? And can we find her to fix Sonya's life? Because I think Sonya Loki needs an intervention. She needs to accept that that man is gone. The Chase Bank man is gone. He's not coming back. That money was blown on that Travolta movie. It's gone. We need to get rid of that house. But she seems stuck. She, she, she still clearly misses a life that she hasn't had at this point in decades. And you can tell that she's still struggling every day, literally, to accept that. And she seems so... And when you get to the point where you're not only stuck, but as we saw in the last episode, what kind of made me really sad for her, she was so frustrated with everyone else being so happy. Everyone's having these spiritual moments. You know, Dorinda's talking about her mother. As I, you know, we, I, I just lost my mom. I'm struggling. I'm deeply struggling with that. The battle is just even nice to see. And she's she's so unhappy that she's just like on everyone else. And they're tolerable because they love her. And I'm sure they understand because I can only imagine what that is all like. But it's just hard to watch. And she just seems so stuck. And I just thought, because I didn't finish Lu, Luann and Sonya's show, but I liked the first two episodes I saw. And I, I, I got it. It worked for them. And hopefully that gets to be something else. But it was nice to see that parent because it seemed like she had something to focus on, but she seems just like aimless and I don't want to say miserable, but that episode, it gave miserable. And I don't like to see my Sonya like that. It was very like sad Kim Cattrall. Well, her, her daughter is... <laughs> Samantha Jones, sorry. <laughs> I I think um her daughter moved to California or is moving to California. And I'm like, okay, where is Sonia's foundation? Because if she is joking or not joking repeatedly about like couch sur- sur- uh, about couch I don't surfing think she's with joking. family, I don't think she's joking because she's also done a bunch of tags from the Virginia area on Instagram. And I'm like, if sh- if she is staying with family, she doesn't really have a place to stay or know how how it is that she wants to stand that is a difficult position to be in let alone do that obviously need to do girls trip financially yeah everyone else is having fun and like if you're not and you're drinking alcohol which is an absolute depressant it's not going to serve you well and i think for sonia she can only kind of pretend for so long and for right. her to have to deal with like the reason that she doesn't stay in touch with these women because she's not at the level and and you know they might ask follow-up questions she doesn't want to answer i mean who among us can't connect with that in some way it's just i think a lot of people want her to succeed but you can't teach someone how to do that 
um, in a way that is profound. There's a she needs support. Yeah. She needs like support, but she a lot of this is stuff that she needs to be responsible and figure out to do and needs to want to. And yeah. I, just, I don't know. I don't know what the future looks like for her. I don't know. I hope her tour is is successful, but again, a lot of this is based on like the humor of her losing the zipper on a dress. I just she's so much better than that. She is, and I I I can only imagine how scary that is, particularly as you get older. But it's just like um, I mean, maybe that. I feel like if she were open about that a little bit more on the show or so or in the past or even now, I think it would resonate with a lot of people and actually probably in the end reward her financially if she talked about that. Sonia has a really interesting story and she seems and I guess in being so stuck on the past and when she had that life, it's kind of dimming her She's she's getting her own way from kind of really creating something else because I think she's a really dynamic person to watch on TV. I thought again, I, I didn't finish it through, but I would watch Lou Lou and Sonya do something else again, and I would watch her girl strip stuff. Yeah, and I think the cat she could do her own version of whatever, like the cabaret. Like there's people want to support Sonya, and you can't kind of buy that type of like allegiance and like support and community. But it's just, oh, I she's just sad right now. And it, I did not like that episode. It was like, oh, she's going out sad. It doesn't help that like she's saying things that her friends strongly believe are not based in truth. Like, yes, she's focusing on the feeling that she had for her ex and then sort of rewriting the history of how they met. But she is in such a place of upset that everything she's hearing from other people is like a competition against her past happiness and maybe against her present happiness, uh, supposedly, in talking about her past. Like the way that she is attempting to light up, but also rewrite the history of like when she and her ex stopped and like the timing of LOL, did she find out she was pregnant? And that's why they got married. Like her trying to run against that, which is something that nobody would have thought of. Certainly not members of the audience. It had never come up before in conversation. It just is, it's a tough look because the people in the room are on your side, but they they lose some of that. They become almost frazzled as a result when they know that you're lying and they're sharing vulnerable moments right. that are seemingly based in in actual fact I was, I was I wanted to ask when you when I watched it I'm like I'm glad this happened but this explains the reboot I noticed some fans were like this makes me realize we need them back I want more people to let that go I'm glad they rebooted New York I just think they need to add another cast member um and they had a lot going on it was COVID they lost a cast member it was, I actually think for the, well, it started off strong and then it kind of flatlined, but for a rookie season, I thought not bad and plenty of potential. And I do want, like, but I can't imagine, because I saw Sonya, like, in some interview, she teased, like, a mixed girls trip with, like, Bren. And I was like, no. And and then if some of them was like, yes, I was like, y'all need to stop encouraging this. Let it go. It's over. Also, like, like a 40-year gap. Well, I mean, 
I think that that would be the thing that like, I actually don't think the a difference in age, I don't, it's definitely not 40 years. I would say it's probably 20. The difference of a 20 year is nothing. Cause Sonia, the Sorry, thing Sonia. with Sonia is that she's like young at heart, but I just want to see Sonia moving forward and not sliding back. And I don't think with the show that, the turtle time of it all. I just don't think that's helpful for Sonia in a healthy way. So I don't know how much of like party Sonia. Oh, I mean, even not Sonia, any of them. Like, I just, I think generationally. Well, Kristen, the the argument is that Kristen, I thought Kristen had a great girl's trip. She was great. The argument could be that like, maybe she, I, I don't know, because Kristen literally lives in California. She does not live in New York. So to like make the argument of like, she should come into New York. It's like, no, she literally lives on a separate coast. That does not seem in any way realistic. But in the, in the game of imagination, I guess if they were doing another New York girls trip, but I, I wouldn't want to mix the reboot cast maybe with the original unless it's only Kristen but then does that make sense I don't know I want everyone to let that go it's over they rebooted um we I the girls should maybe one more but one more for New York you mean yeah if they can make that yearly or something sure but I just feel like it was great to watch them but it wasn't even just Sonia but like even Dorinda still I don't know if it's even healthy for them to still be chasing that like type of fame. I think that might be part of the problem. And I kind of like that Ramona, I mean, Ramona ruined her own. Well, she's a mess, but I do think at, when she initially turned down doing the reboot and she did an interview with Carlos Kane, she said something about actually being able to enjoy life more off camera and not having that be the focus. And it just... For Ramona, that actually she sounded really kind of thought, thoughtful, but talking about just kind of like life without trying to like pursue that level of fame. I feel like it would actually be healthier if Sonia sometimes didn't have that if she were financially stable, which I know that's, but I don't but know. That's a, but that's a big part of it because yeah. Ramona does have a filled life. Like, and a part of the um, access to that filled life is being very financially stable. Like Sonia has a lot of friends, a lot of different universes, but for her to be a member of that universe and be so um, in such a sensitive area financially, I think that's really tough. Like Ramona's privilege, one of many, is the fact that she has the resources to sustain the lifestyle she presents on social. Sonia does not. And that is a, that's, in conflict with each other. So something's got to give. And, and so she's, you know, sleeping on a cousin's couch. Like, I just, I want her to do well. I don't know. I don't know what that means for her. LOL, let alone us. But I was, I really did enjoy girls trip this season. I thought they did a really, really great job. It was very entertaining, would absolutely rewatch it. They did. Yeah. Um, Listen, before we wrap, we didn't even talk about Beverly Hills at all. Just, I mean, your thoughts, what's your, what's your kind of quick glance and you will absolutely come back on AG to talk about it more. I don't want to watch Sudden Date that much. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I don't understand Anna Marie, Anne Marie, whatever. Um, Either Either or. um, Dorit was very typical. but I will say, I want Garcelle to be more forthright that she just doesn't like her. Agree. That it would be fair to her. 
that way we don't have to have the passive aggressive comments and the confessionals. Cause I actually thought the, the, the jab about her robbery stuff was a little too below the belt. You don't play with someone's type of trauma like that. Having said that, Dorit gives her every bit of ammunition to dislike her because she falls into every single type of white woman trope, rich white woman LA trope there is. She can have these black girl hairstyles and confessionals. She can sometimes put these high, like extra emphasis on words when convenient. She talks about her multicultural staff. And then when convenient that her mom, one of her mom's closest friends is blacks. But then when a black woman actually expresses anything, she goes right to like the most stereotypical responses imaginable. She, I'm imagining you, you wouldn't like being called a Karen to your face, but she embodies exactly this, that the thing where people are more offended by being called a racist than racism. I understand everyone has this like very like elementary understanding of racism where it has to be like an absolute, like you have to be literally a clan member, but there are levels to everything. She doesn't want to she doesn't want to look bad, but she doesn't want to listen to someone help her actually be better. That's just kind of frustrating to watch. But that aside, that was as good as it was. Well, no, I was going to say the scene itself was as good as, as it was going to get from Dorit. But I thought the captions she's put on IG are very irritating and like intentionally like ignorant. Um, and again, it's just like a, she's she's the cliche in that way. And I find it boring. But that aside, why is Dorit still there? We don't talk about her financial situation. We don't really talk that much about her marriage outside of that one rumor Sutton brought up. She doesn't have anything going on. She hasn't in years. And Kyle don't even really deal with it anymore. So why is she still there? I mean, like I've enjoyed her in the past, but I'm actually annoyed with the... She doesn't bring anything, but I think I will say with Garcelle... Again, Garcelle just doesn't like her. And I, she should be more forthright about that. But when it comes to like the stuff that, the microaggressions, it's like, okay, you don't give anything and you're like antagonistic and you won't even just acknowledge. Like if you just say, I'm sorry, my bad, I'll be better. I'll work on it. Just acknowledge it, but she won't even do that. So it's just kind of now you're frustrating to watch too. You don't give anything. So I'm kind of done with her. Yeah, she's questioning whether or not Garcelle has the right to be upset. So right. That's going to be tough if you're like saying, I'm an ally. <laughs> I'm not a Karen. How dare you call me that? <laughs> okay, but you won't, even, you won't even acknowledge that this woman has the LOL right to be upset. You do not believe that this stuff exists. Like that's, we, if we can't get past that point, but we're ending it like, cool, Um, have a great day. Like, right. It's a also it's a tough energy, but so was her bronzer in that confessional, and I couldn't right. stop laughing about the fact that she has like her braids in the front of her hair. And I, yes, very liberal use of bronzer. This is what I mean. She's a cliche. It's like, come on, Dorit. Dorit, babe, come on. It's giving a little Luann making bad decisions on Halloween. Like, babe, what are we doing here? And she, and she didn't even take the cue. I'm like, Erica tagged herself in to save you. And you still didn't give it. And now you have this thing with Garcelle. And she she's literally giving it to you. Like, girl, let's just, it's over with. Here it is. And she refused. I'm just like, okay. Maybe she needs to move back to London. I like, <laughs> she, she, She's an actress. Her home base, aside from Connecticut. <laughs> like, <where did> she... <laughs> I mean, I just, I don't know. I, 
I've seen so many clips of her performance as I thought she was Tinkerbell, but I don't think she was. She was like a fish or something. What the fuck? What? It was like Little Mermaid meets Peter Pan. Like what the fuck? I thought it was Teresa as Tinkerbell. <laughs> when I heard that accent, I didn't know what was happening. I've watched it so many times and I'm like, someone needs to have a conversation about why this is really happening because they are hemorrhaging resources for her to do that show with that has nothing to do with boy george who should do whatever and whatever he wants to do but like just specific to like maybe pk putting this all together or right. what he did like this this is not to me <laughs> as much of a money maker it as, can't be <laughs> a gal might think so it's like why is it happening then like or or is she just supporting her husband, maybe, because he was working on this with Boy George and she was like, I'll tap in. I don't know. It is a real to be continued. But if, to the three people out there who haven't watched clips of it, I couldn't more highly encourage uh, the clips that are floating because it's just it's and she doesn't know any of the words to anything, which I couldn't bl even believe the, the lines that I saw her speak that she was aware of those because I really think they were like, you know, here's a script you're going on in three seconds best of luck you know like it just which is fine that's that's theater like that's what a show it's just it's a it's it, those clips are delightful they're a lot of fun they really are i would go i wouldn't pay a hundred dollars but um no i would, I would go. go though yes i would 100 percent go like maybe they need to bring this to new york i mean Anything is possible in the land of PK's make-believe. Um, on that note, Michael Arsenault, a pleasure, a thrill, as always, to chat with you. You need to come back on AG to do a more focused BH episode because I would really love to unpack Kyle with you. So okay. um, please come back ASAP. In the meantime, can you tell the AGs a little bit about your upcoming book, which is going to be out everywhere in March called I Finally Bought Some Jordans. Can people pre-order it? Where can they follow you on social? Mention it all and more. Please pre-order it. Every pre-order is helpful. Um, I have, oh my God, my brain just shut down. Grief brain. Uh, I am young. Uh, S, not, not really young anymore, but young, S-I-N-I-C-K on social, um, on IG and Twitter anyway. Don't use my TikTok. I just... Um, <laughs> I just look at that for Trader Joe's and watching people dance. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for having me. I'm sorry if I wasn't completely coherent. Um, we, I do have to come back and talk about Kyle. I'm sorry. Um, Don't apologize. It's more of an opportunity for us to deep dive. Because also, I'm still confused about what's going on with Kyle. So maybe that. Aren't we all? Yes. Um, so is Dorit, apparently. But thank you for having me. This was great. Um, I will, don't worry, I won't bring up Potomac again because there's no reason. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to pretend this season. I'm I'm glad that we talked a little bit about it, but there's, it's just, it's unfortunate. There's not a lot to say, but um, Lord knows there are other franchises that um, deserve to have uh, more attention paid, which is why I'm so appreciative for this episode. Guys, you can follow me on Instagram and threads at Dame Galley. Join the Andy Scrolls Patreon, number one way to support the pod. You get exclusive bonus episodes and so much more at patreon.com slash Andy Scrolls. Michael, thanks so much for joining me and coming back. I'm so excited to read your new book. You know, I have both of your uh, previous books and I love them. Your voice is so interesting, so funny, so connective. So I'm very, very excited. And guys, I'm going to include a link to pre-order Michael's new book in the show notes for this episode. Could not more highly encourage that you 
pre-order it. Um, and uh, we'll chat with you again soon. Thanks so much, everybody, for listening. And we will chat with you soon. I just said it literally 15 times. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.